This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hi, folks. Uh, Welcome to another edition of Pro Football in the 1970s. I'm your host, Joe Zagorski. Uh, I'm going to go out on the limb here and take a little risky chance here by saying that this uh, episode is about quarterbacks from the 1970s who may be or who should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Now, I know that I'll be getting a lot of feedback for this topic, and perhaps rightly so. I may even receive some uh, amounts of hate mail from it as well, or certainly arguments, but so be it. Uh, Let me begin by stating that this subject has at least some amount of stretching to it. For example, no one really believes that some of the quarterbacks that I am going to list here actually have a decent shot at becoming a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. All I am saying is that with this episode, there is a category or two where these quarterbacks did manage to excel, and as such, they deserve at least some recognition over the span of several decades in time. Perhaps not in the Hall of Fame, but in some sort of an acceptance and honor nonetheless. I'm going to start uh, to begin by listing these quarterbacks of the 1970s in a non-alphabetical manner in a random way just by their names and then I'll discuss with you their achievements. Uh, The signal callers in question are John Hadle, Ken Anderson, John Brody, Earl Morrill, Craig Morton, and Roman Gabriel. Now you will obviously notice if you haven't turned your radios off by now (laughs) that most of the quarterbacks that I listed here did not play in the NFL just in the decade of the 1970s. Some of them played a portion of their careers in the 1960s, while another one played a portion of his career in the 1980s. But I will try to include at least one aspect of each of their quarterbacks, uh, each of these quarterbacks that stand out as to why they could be honored by somebody, at least to some degree. Let's begin with the top of this list with John Hadle, who was a journeyman quarterback and who spent most of his early career in the 1960s with San Diego, where he led the Chargers to the AFL Championship in 1963 and to the brink of another couple of AFL Championships in 1964 and 1965. He played 11 seasons in San Diego, then he went on to take the Los Angeles Rams to the best winning regular season of his pro career in 1973 with a record of 12-2. A would then play for both the Green Bay Packers and the Houston Oilers before closing out his 16-year pro career in 1977. Now, of all the quarterbacks who seems to get the most attention when it comes to a quarterback who deserves to be in the Hall of Fame but isn't, Cincinnati's Ken Anderson stands apart from most of the others. Anderson was a a product of the Bill Walsh School of the West Coast offense, while Walsh was an assistant coach under the great Paul Brown in Cincinnati. Anderson developed into one of the most accurate quarterbacks in NFL history. He played 60 seasons of pro ball, all in Cincinnati. He led the Bengals to Super Bowl 16 in 1981, and he won four different passing titles in 1974, 1975, 1981, and 1982. Most people believe that if he had won a Super Bowl, Anderson would have been in the Hall of Fame several decades ago. John Brody is another quarterback who enjoyed a long pro career. He was never able to play in the Super Bowl, but he led San Francisco 
to three straight NFC Western Division championships in 1970, 1971, and 1972. Um, in 1970 and 71, Brody's 49ers ended up in the NFC title game, just one win short of getting to the Super Bowl. Like Anderson, Brody had plenty of durability. Uh, he played for 17 seasons in the NFL, all in San Francisco. He led the league in both, both completions and yards in three seasons, 1965, 1968, and 1970. And then in 1970, he was voted as the NFL's most valuable player. He also led the NFL in touchdowns in both 1965 and 1970. That's throwing touchdown. Similar in overall knowledge regarding the quarterback position as Hadel, Anderson, and Brody was Earl Morrill, who was a journeyman extreme. Only Ryan Fitzpatrick in a more recent era has played the position for more different teams, who played for nine, than Morrill, who played for six different teams during his 21-year pro career. Morrill was considered by many to be a career backup quarterback. Even so, he took the Baltimore Colts to Super Bowl III, helped the Colts win Super Bowl V, and drove the Dolphins to Super Bowl VII. Now, Craig Morton was a starting quarterback in Dallas before he was chosen by Cowboys head coach Tom Landry to become the backup of eventual Hall of Famer Roger Staubach. Yet Morton kept Landry's team competitive all throughout his time there. He took the team to Super Bowl V, he was a member of the Dallas Super Bowl VI team, World Championship team, and he took the Denver Broncos to Super Bowl XII. That 1977 season in Denver saw Morton lead the Broncos to their first ever playoff game. Rounding out this discussion is Roman Gabriel, one of the biggest, tallest, and most muscular quarterbacks in his era, when he was in his prime in the late 1960s and early 1970s. Gabriel also had a cannon for a right arm, and he was certainly not shy to use it. He was able to force the pigskin through the zone defenses and into the receiver's hands. Most of his pass catchers had to catch the ball simply out of self-defense, as much as for any other reason. Gabriel was named to the first-team All-Pro quarterback as the first-team All-Pro quarterback in 1969. Now, in conclusion, nobody really thinks that most of these men will ever get a bust in Canton. Uh, if you had to pick one who might get a gold jacket, it would probably be Ken Anderson of the Bengals. But all of the men that we discussed today have made their mark in pro football, and I know for a fact that pro football fans and historians will never forget their deeds. In that respect, these quarterbacks have achieved fame in their own right. Now, I know you're waiting for today's uh, trivia uh, question for this episode, so here it goes. Which of these quarterbacks that we talked about this today in this episode played for that college football jug juggernaut Augustana College in Illinois. Answer will be forthcoming. Thanks once again for joining us on Pro Football in the 1970s. I'm your host, Joe Zagorski. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.